This is WBAI New York 99.5 FM and WBAI.org online. Stay tuned for Gays Against Guns Radio Gag coming up right about now. Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah. Gag, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> good evening, all, and welcome to Radio Gag, the week, the weekly Gays Against Guns show, now coming to you at this new regular time of 6.30 every Tuesday. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I'm Mary Ellen Novak. And I'm Paul Rowley. Hi, Paul. Hi, Mary Ellen. <laughs> And uh, as we head into the frenzy of holiday shopping, this week our show was all about the gift of gun violence. We have a special report examining the time-honored tradition of giving kids guns for holiday gifts. Yeah, right. And let's face it, when we're talking about giving toy guns to kids, by kids, we really mean boys. I mean, I can't remember ever having a mass murder involving a My Little Pony crimping set. <laughs> no, certainly not. Except for that infamous Bowling Green massacre mm, that mm, fake news maven mm-hmm. Kellyanne Conway made up. That may or may mm. not have been carried out by gay unicorns. Oh my gosh. Yeah, right, Paul. <laughs> uh, we'll also be bringing you the gun control headlines in our weekly radio gag news. And we'll be getting into the holiday activist spirit with a flashback to this time last year when we sent our gag elves up to run gun manufacturer Sturm Ruger's headquarters to call them out for the part that they play in gun deaths. So for those of you listening in who have no idea who we are, we are Gaze Against Guns, a.k.a. GAG. We're an inclusive direct action group of LGBTQ people and allies. And we're committed to non-violently breaking the gun industry's chain of death. And that includes investors, manufacturers, the NRA, and politicians who continually block safer gun laws. We formed right after the Pulse Massacre in Orlando in 2016, and now we have chapters across the country. We're bound together by the belief that people getting shot up in safe spaces, such as schools, churches, cinemas, supermarkets, and gay bars, is insane. We're a direct action group, like I say, and we use camp abandon, song, creative theatrics, and political protest to force real change. We always start our meetings, and so to our radio shows, with an in-memoriam, where we take a moment to find out about someone who we have lost to gun violence. It's a way to remind us why we do this work, and here is GAG member Sarah Lilly with this week's memoriam. Today, our in-memoriam is for Caroline Sparks. Caroline Sparks was an adorable, brown-eyed two-year-old who was always laughing about something. She loved to sing and play, and she loved her brother. The family wanted the community to know when reporters asked about her after her tragic death. Caroline was shot in the chest in 2013 after her five-year-old brother fired his cricket rifle at her. He just picked it up before he knew it, said her grandmother when she was interviewed after the incident. I guess it was God's will, she said. It was her time to go, I guess. Her five-year-old brother's rifle was manufactured and marketed for children by the Keystone Sporting Arms Company, the 10th largest gun manufacturer in the U.S. The company's children's guns are marketed as my first rifle and come with a shoulder stock in pink, blue, or red, white, and blue stripes. For decades, gunshot wounds have ranked second behind car crashes as the leading cause of death from injuries for U.S. children. 
But while car travel has become safer, gun fatalities have remained high in that age group, and accidental gun deaths occur mainly in those under 25 years old. In 2014, 2,549 children died by gunshot, and an additional 13,575 were injured. We have not forgotten you, Caroline Sparks. Thanks to gag member Sarah Lilly for that in memoriam. Next up, it's Radio Gag News. We have a quick roundup of some of the gun violence prevention, prevention news since last uh, time. Take it away, Paul. Thank you. Um, So first up, the NRA has reported membership revenue declined, yes, by over $35 million last year, resulting in several cash-saving measures, including the removal of free coffee in their Virginia headquarters. We're, of course, sending our thoughts and prayers to them, and (laughs) perhaps we might also send them some tea bags. Uh, GAG has been at the forefront of the campaign against the NRA Business Alliance, companies who offer discounts and special treatment to NRA members. After the Parkland massacre, many companies finally severed their ties to the NRA. FedEx, however, refused to follow suit, which led to GAG ramping up a national campaign against them, which we started actually this time two years ago with our Attention Holiday Shoppers campaign. FedEx finally announced last month that they too would be dropping their previous 26% discount for NRA members. Protest works, folks, especially when you follow the money. Mm-hmm. Protest works. A judge in Florida threw out a harassment lawsuit by NRA lobbyist Marion Hammer. Now listen to this. <laughs> Who claimed that receiving emails with images of gunshot wounds in the wake of Marjorie Stoneman uh, Douglas shooting was harassing or threatening behavior for her. However, Hammer still has lawsuits filed against three other men who did the same. In 2016, California voters passed Proposition 63, which will require additional background checks to purchase gun ammunition and implement a state, lo- state log excuse me, of the quantity of ammunition purchased by an individual. The law will go into effect next year, causing California gun stores to clear out their ammo stock at least... Uh, one, excuse me, at least one California store is attempting to sell one million rounds of ammunition by January 1st. They reportedly sold over 500,000 rounds on Black Friday alone. So to put that number of one million rounds into context, there were 1,100 rounds shot in the Las Vegas massacre killing of 58 people and 851 injured, all in less than 10 minutes. And speaking of high volumes, there were five mass shootings in the U.S. since we were last on the air only one week ago, including deaths at a food market in Florida, a fast food pizzeria in Orlando, and what police described as an execution of four people found in a basement in Philadelphia. But the worst mass shooting in recent weeks is the murder of 13 people in a bar in Thousand Oaks, California, on November 7th. It just never seems to stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Radio Gag are also saddened to hear of the passing of Ray Hill, a long-time LGBTQ activist from Houston. Born in 1940, Hill came out to his family in 1958 when he was a quarterback for the local football team. In a story he recalled, When I told my mother I was gay, she took a drag on her cigarette, (laughs) took a sip of coffee, and finally she said, Well, that's a relief. (laughs) A relief, Hill said to his mother. Well, we noticed you dressed better than the other boys, she said. And with you playing football and all, we were afraid that you were going to grow up to be a Republican. (laughs) Go, Mom. 
Hill co-founded Houston's first LGBTQ rights organization in the early 70s then. He began working at the city's public radio station, KPFT, which he co-founded in 1968. He hosted a regular show on LGBTQ issues, and when he received calls from listeners who threatened to kill him live on air, he would respond by giving the caller directions to the station. (laughs) Amazing. In 1979, Hill helped organize the National March on Washington for Lesbian and Gay Rights, the first march of its kind in the U.S. He worked with San Francisco City Supervisor Harvey Milk to pull off this massive event. Harvey Milk, who incidentally was shot dead Mm -hmm. 40 years ago today. Mm -hmm. We only got about 80,000 people to D.C., Hill said, but no one had ever seen that many queers in one pile in history. (laughs) Hill cited his greatest victories, his two major Supreme Court wins. In 87, Hill was the plaintiff in Houston versus Hill. The lawsuit challenged a Houston ordinance that made it illegal to interrupt police officers performing their duties. The Supreme Court ruled in Hill's favour, saying that the ordinance violated the First Amendment. This decision altered law enforcement practices across the nation. Hill was also heavily involved in Lawrence versus Texas, the Supreme Court case that overturned anti-gay sodomy laws in Texas and 14 other states in 2003. Rest in power, Ray Hill. Yes, rest in power. And to end on some good news, Blake Mikowski, the founder of shoe company Tom's, announced a $5 million donation campaign toward gun violence prevention. This will evolve. This will evolve the company's existing charity model, and which was donate, which has donated, excuse me, over sixty millions of pairs of shoes since its founding in 2016, to also include donations to gun to GVP groups. If any listeners know any people at Tom's, please tell them to put gays against guns on that list, please. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, so the shopping madness, as we say, kicked off this week with the. Uh, nouveau holidays of Black Friday and Cyber Monday and starts the ramping up of holiday shopping. So this week we take a look at the gift of gun violence with a special report on toy guns written by GAG member Jake Tolan. Right before... Okay. Uh, Today our very seasonal appropriate theme is the gift of guns. So we thought we'd start off by talking about a ubiquitous children's gift, toy guns. From water to cap, excuse me, from water to cap to airsoft toy guns have been a staple of the American toy industry for ages, even though toy guns rarely top lists of the most popular gifts for kids anymore. Nerf still reports billion-dollar profits for Hasbro on an annual basis. However, there's also a long history of controversy around toy guns that has periodically had them pulled from shelves by concerned parents. The earliest toy gun ban that we were able to find was in 1968 when the Sears catalog omitted all toy guns in the wake of the Martin Luther King Jr. and Robert Kennedy assassinations. For those who are too young to remember, Sears was one of the biggest retailers in the world uh, for most of the 20th century. It was basically Amazon before the Internet. For most American kids, the Sears robot catalog was where they found toys they wanted for Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever else they were celebrating. So no toy guns in Sears essentially means no toy guns were being sold. Sears ended their ban after one year, but it probably helped to introduce the broader public to the idea that toy guns may be dangerous. Since the 1970s, there has been continuous activism from concerned parents asking to regulate the toy gun industry. That activism has successfully seeped into the public's consciousness, as we now typically think of toy guns as a more dangerous kind of toy. 
Think of Ralphie shooting at his eye in uh, A Christmas Story. Despite cultural shifts, toy gun activists struggled to affect public policy. The U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission repeatedly declined to set regulatory standards on toy guns for decades, saying that it was up to the industry to set its own standards. A big part of that is that toy guns really encompass a lot of things. While there is legitimate concern for the safety of young children using lifelike replicas, BB guns, or airsoft guns, it is hard to argue that big plastic foam dark guns or colorful water guns necessarily carry the same risks. Still, in 1992, toy gun activists got a big victory when the U.S. Department of Commerce updated the Code of Federal Regulations to prohibit the manufacture, sale, or shipment of any toy guns unless they either have a bright orange tip or are entirely, entirely brightly colored. This regulation doesn't apply to airsoft or paintball guns, but it is easily the most sweeping reform of toy guns in American history. Many cities like New York, D.C., and Chicago have also instituted their own bans on different types of toy guns that may not be covered by the policy. For example, in New York State, toy guns cannot be black, dark blue, or metallic-looking. And in New York City, you need a license to sell or carry a BB gun, and airsoft guns are banned entirely. In Chicago, possessing a firearm, an airsoft gun can... Uh, firing, excuse me, or firing an airsoft gun can result in a $1,000 fine or up to six months in prison. And if you use a toy gun to commit a crime, you will be tried as if it were an active firearm. Currently, Amazon complies with local regulations and refuses to ship toy guns to many cities around the country. And in 2018, in the wake of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School shooting, Walmart announced it would be removing items from their website resembling assault rifles-style rifles, including non-lethal airsoft guns and toys, which basically means that it still sells Nerf guns, but anything that looks like a real firearm has been removed. Okay, so that's the history of toy gun bans, but you might be asking yourself, they're toys, why ban them at all? And that's actually a very good question. Unlike other toys that have been taken off the market because of injuries, like lawn darts, easy bake ovens, toy guns are directly responsible for surprisingly few. Most injuries are from BB, airsoft and paintball guns, which all fire projectiles fast enough to cause cuts and bruises. As a result, they tend to have stricter guidelines around their use and sale, and they're only marketed to much older kids. Most toy guns, though like Nerf guns and water guns, are not particularly hazardous under parental supervision. Some gun control advocates argue that playing with toy guns will encourage aggressive or antisocial behaviour in children that will follow them into adulthood. There isn't a whole lot of research on this subject, though, and the popularity of studying toy guns in childhood psychology really fell off once violent video games became a favourite subject of politicians. We found a few studies, including one from 1992 by Malcolm Watson and Ying Peng, that indicated use of toy guns could predict greater aggressive behaviours in boys aged 3 to 5, but not in girls. And it seemed as if a more significant indicator was parents' use of physical punishment, like spanking which caused more aggressive behaviour in all children. So while it may be true that toy guns can encourage aggression, the data is limited and they're far from the only or most significant cause of that behaviour. Instead, what many gun control activists point out is that toy guns are dangerous not because of the toys themselves, because of their similarity to real guns. You can divide the dangers of toy guns roughly into four categories. First of all, a criminal may threaten people with a toy gun. 
fake guns are far more accessible. Even very high-end replica guns are less li- less likely less than half the price of the real equivalent. And something like an airsoft rifle is usually no more than 50 bucks. Plus, you can get many types of toy guns without any sort of permit or background check. Then, some police departments estimate that up to a third of confiscated weapons are toys. And actually, a detective in Baltimore testified this year that police there were instructed to plant toy guns on suspects that they accidentally shot because they were cheap and the courts would treat them as seriously as a real weapon. The second danger is that if someone is playing with a toy gun, people may call the police, flee, panic, attempt to overpower them. Thirdly, police officers or armed citizens might mistake someone carrying a toy gun for a real one and shoot that person in self-defence. Both of these police-related dangers were at play in the murder of 12-year-old Tamir Rice in 2014, four years ago this week, actually. Rice was outside playing with a toy gun when somebody called 911 and reported that a black male keeps pulling a gun out of his pants and pointing it at people. The caller later stated that the suspect was probably a child with a fake gun, but that information was never conveyed to the responding police officers who shot and killed 12-year-old Tamir within seconds of arriving at the scene. While that may be currently the most famous example of this, it's far from the only one. The most comprehensive report on this we could find was a CBS News report in December 2016, which indicated that at least 86 people were killed by police officers in 2015 and 2016 for holding toy weapons. And other studies reveal similar numbers. Finally, a child might play with and fire a real gun believing it was a toy. This happens more than I think any of us would like to believe. The Brady Centre conducted a study using CDC reports of gun violence and found that every day an average of eight children are unintentionally shot, with at least one of those shootings resulting in death. That number averages all unintentional shootings of children, which could include guns fired by adults, but we know that children mistaking guns for toys is a relatively common occurrence. For example, April. A seven-year-old in St. Louis was shot in the head and killed by his five-year-old brother who found a loaded gun while looking for candy. In May, a two-year-old in Virginia was shot and killed by his four-year-old brother when the latter mistook a loaded gun for a toy. Also in May, a seven-year-old outside of Minneapolis was shot and killed himself after he found a loaded gun in a toy box. In Houston, two children in January and two children in July all found guns in their homes and accidentally killed themselves. These are just a few examples of reports that have made the news, but undoubtedly there are dozens of cases like this every year that simply are not covered in the press. So ultimately, the real danger of toy guns is real guns. Part of what we found when looking for information on this is that the statistics around children and gun violence are just really limited. To have a better understanding of how toy guns affect children's health and safety, we really need our federal studies on this stuff. And one of the major barriers to that right now is the Dickey Amendment. If you're looking to buy kids in your life toys this year, I'd probably steer away from toy guns, especially if there is a real gun in your home. But I also don't think it should weigh on your conscience if your niece wants a Nerf gun. It could actually be a great opportunity to take, talk to your kids about gun violence in a safe environment. So thanks to Jake for doing all that phenomenal Ooh, research wow. and for writing that piece for us. Jake, you make us sound so eloquent and well-informed. Thank you, Jake. <laughs> thanks, Jake. <laughs> Um, continuing our theme of holiday action, we wanted to take you back through some of the gag archives. Often we will do an action to tie in with a holiday event, and this time last year we, went, we sent our gag elves out on a holiday mission. Take a listen. 
Right before Christmas of 2017, we organized an action where a bunch of us took a bus to um, suburban Connecticut, where the uh, headquarters of Sturm Ruger, you know, a big gun maker um, whose weapons have been used in, in several mass shootings. And it's a very pretty affluent town. And we spent the, the whole afternoon, you know, chanting and, and walking, marching up and down their main street and handing out flyers and really urging the residents of this community to tell Sturm Ruger to get the F out because, you know, the community did not want to host a death weapons maker. More, more guns, guns in more hands equals more gun deaths. More guns in more hands equals more gun deaths. This was like a pre-Christmas thing and we had like a whole kind of motif. We were like dressed as elves and we encountered a Santa Claus along the way, a pro-gun Santa Claus, believe it or not. Um, for our pro Second Amendment Santa Claus. Oh, we took a, a song from, uh, you know, an old Christmas TV show, We Are Santa's Elves, and, you know, instead we sang, We Are Sturm Ruger Elves, you know, making death for everyone. We're Sturm Ruger Elves, we're Sturm Ruger Elves, making guns for everyone. We're Sturm Ruger Elves. We work hard all day to make machines that slay in schools, churches, concerts, and nightclubs. We're Sturm Ruger Elves. We rely on the NRA and their puppets in D.C. to block the laws that will protect you and me. Ho, 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 right now in the street, we're pulling off a feat. Selling guns that kill everyone, we're Sturm Ruger Elves. You know, we, we always try to have fun, and especially if we're doing an action that's around a holiday or a season, we try to play with that because it tends to get people's attention. And I think often if you can get people to laugh or smile, they are, they'll be more open to your message. Sturm Ruger, worse than Freddy Krueger, Sturm it was great to have those conversations and to kind of talk with people who lived in the town where the Sturm Ruger was situated and we would say, you know, what do you think about this? How do you feel? And, and some people were like, yeah, it's, I've thought about this for a long time. I think it's really a problem, you know, uh, people with young kids and stuff like that. That was great and I, did, I would like to see more of that happen, sort of bringing the question or the problem home to actual people, you know, who are you know, you're really involved. I mean, you are allowing this gun manufacturer to, to kind of be in your town, or there's something you can do about it at least, there's something you can say about it, you can register dissent about it. And that's really what Americans need to know, is that they need to, they do have a voice, you know, and people talk about democracy, and they talk about voting, and they talk about that kind of thing, but they need to also know that they can be activists. They can uh, pick at a place, you know, they can spread the word just like we are. We are just, you know, regular people who take some of our time and some of our skills and passion and just, you know, focus it. And I think uh, more, more people can do that. Great. That, that was such a fun action. Thanks to Tim Murphy and Terry Rothline for the report back and all the holiday gaggers who went up there. We also handed out flyers with the CEO's phone number on it, so I'm sure he was really hearing it when he got into work that Monday morning. Good. <laughs> and you know, it really doesn't take a ton of people showing up to make a successful action. I think there were about maybe 20 people on that bus, plus the folks that we met up with in, in Connecticut, and we reached hundreds of people. Yeah. 
it's surprising how fun this stuff can be, and it only takes as much time as you can give. So continuing in our attention holiday shoppers campaign, <laughs> we have a very special uh, holiday message from our gag drag consumer advice expert, Little Kim. Hey, folks. This holiday season, we have so many damn choices to make. What to buy, where to shop. It's so confusing. Well, let me make it a little easier for you. How about the gift of a gun violence-free America? How are we going to do that, you say? Well, take that Wells Fargo credit card out of your purse and cut that thing in two. What? That's right, folks. Wells Fargo is the bank of the NRA. Let me give you some numbers now. From the time of the Sandy Hook massacre through September of this year, Wells Fargo provided $431 million to the gun industry. Then, this October, they forked over another $40 million to Sturm Ruger. Now, they make all kinds of guns that find their way into our streets, our bars, our shopping malls, and our churches. We're talking a lot of dead people. 38,000 a year in this country. That's 104 people dying from guns every day. So until Wells Fargo stops supporting gun makers and the NRA, I say hell no. You want to join me? Hell no. Cut that card in two and have a happy holiday. <laughs> Thanks to little Kim for bringing us that special holiday warning message. You can find her performing in discount supermarket parking lots up and down the East Coast this holiday season. Yay! And Gag will soon be launching our Wells Fargo campaign, which follows in the tracks of many of our other successful campaigns to shut down the NRA Business Alliance, as we mentioned earlier. Yeah, I can't wait for that pioneer lady drag. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) In other news, Gag marked International Trans Day Remembrance last week with a special vigil at Stonewall to honour our trans siblings lost to gun violence in 2018. Transgender people remain one of the most at-risk groups for violence and hate crime in this country, Current estimated life expectancy for a trans woman of colour in the USA is 33. And this was really witnessed in our vigil. So many of the victims are young, practically all of colour, and you can't help but remark on how many were shot in public places, like on the street and car parks, just no safety in public spaces. Mm-hmm. There isn't any safety. Um, if you're interested in participating in any of these actions, or you can just drop us a line through our website. All are welcome. You can find us at gazeagainstguns.net or gazeagainstgunsny on Facebook and Instagram. And be sure to check out our website to connect with our gag chapters nationwide. And please do consider becoming a BAI buddy. A BAI buddy is someone who keeps our volunteer-run radio show going by giving a small donation every month. Go to wbai.org, call 516-620-3602 and become a buddy in the name of Radio Gag. It's actually also a great holiday gift for people too that you can give in anybody's name. Mm-hmm. Okay, so up next is Sing Out Louise. Sing Out Louise is our sister satirical singing political queer tet. I have a hard time saying that. Who, will, who you'll find out in the streets and at marches and all over the city. They take well-known songs and put a political twist on them. Pop songs, holiday patriotic songs, uh, you name it. So let's hear about the some of our favorite things. Take it away. <laughs> Sly from the rumpus room. <laughs> Building a wall between churches and Congress. Making a choice between rightness and wrongness. Taking down tyrants who act like they're kings. These are a few of my favorite things. The right to gather and the First Amendment. Choices I'd rather and thoughts independent. 
Getting a lawyer when I'm in a fight. These are a few of my favorite rights. When the laws bend, when the feds cheat, and I'm feeling mad. I simply remember the Constitution, and then I don't feel so bad. We so are already <laughs> totally out of time, <laughs> hilariously. And we're just going to quickly fit in some of our traditional end of show hell yes. To, to our super writer this week, uh, Jake Tolan. Hell, hell yeah! yeah! To Sarah Lilly for this week's In Memoriam. Hell, hell yeah. yeah! Congrats to Gag Instagram for reaching 15,000 followers today. And Ooh. special thanks to Adam Werner and Kevin Herzog for helping to make this possible. Hell, hell yeah! yeah. And thank you to everyone everywhere who donated to any cause or organization today on Giving Tuesday. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah! Thanks for listening in. And we are back December 18th at our new regular time of 6.30. And you can li- listen back to any of our shows anytime on WBAI.org. That went fast. Didn't this show went fast today? Oh my God. Time to good. breathe. Thanks everyone. Bye. You can live a healthy life and raise a healthy family in a toxic world if you know how. Hi, I'm Doug Wood, co-host of Green Street, the environmental health show here on WBAI. Every other Tuesday evening, Patty and I talk to some of the world's leading experts who provide in-depth information and practical solutions you can use to keep yourself and your family healthy and safe. So keep your radio set right here to 99.5 FM WBAI and join us every other Tuesday evening at 8 right here on Green Street. Is this the line for tickets to take a rocket to the moon? No, this is the line for tickets to take Christ out of Christmas. Oh, who's doing that? Doing what? Taking Christ out of Christmas. Malachi McCourt and John McDonough, along with Corey Kilgannon and Father Pat. Father Pat? Maloney, the saint of the Lower East Side. Well, that sounds better than taking a rocket to the moon. It is. Malachi's tales of Christmas and Limerick. John McDonough's story about lighting up Times Square with greetings to the IRA. Real Christmas cheer. Oh, to make the season bright. See, Malachi, I am an atheist. Thank God, McCourt. John McDonough and friends take Christ out of Christmas. A holiday.